0: Hello everyone, this episode of Talk and Pop for the Cultured is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you are a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster like ourselves, looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out Poddex.com. That's Poddex.com. Make sure to use that promo code TALKPOP, T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex is the hottest you tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or simply to gamify their podcast. Simply shuffle up, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. That is poddex.com. Make sure to use that promo code TALKPOP, T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. Now, let's get on to the show. Sponsorship for the podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN.
1: ExpressVPN, you're probably wondering, what is a VPN? Before we get into it, just to let you know, especially if you want to watch culture content, and you figure your ISP is not going to find out what you're doing, or your family members aren't knowing what they're doing, you think incognito mode is going to save you? Guess what? It's not going to save you. That's where ExpressVPN comes in. ExpressVPN is a virtual... Private network, a VPN, can create a secure tunnel between your device and internet. It pretty much means it hides your information from hackers, your ISP, and the government. Pretty much, especially if you try to go to a public Wi-Fi, if you did not have ExpressVPN, this is what happens. A hacker can connect to that same unencrypted Wi-Fi network and can steal your personal information. By having ExpressVPN, it'll help encrypt your internet connection using the highest standards of encryption currently available. It will take a hacker with a supercomputer billions of years to crack. That means when you're traveling, as long as you have ExpressVPN, you turn it on, if you got to use a public Wi-Fi at an airport, hotel, coffee shop, by having that, you are perfectly secure. So why I love to use ExpressVPN is because for the podcast, especially a pop culture section one like ourselves, I want to study content. And unfortunately, my streaming service, for example, Netflix has certain content that's geoblocked. For example, I want to see Studio Ghibli on Netflix. Unfortunately, Netflix USA does not carry it. Lucky for me, I have ExpressVPN. All I have to do is click on ExpressVPN on my laptop, switch my location from where I'm living at, which is in the U.S., to Toronto, Canada, type in Spirit Away, refresh my refresh browser, type in Spirit Away, and voila! Now I get access to the movie Spirit Away, but I also get access to Studio Ghibli's all library on Netflix. It doesn't work just on Netflix, and works on many streaming services as well. So that way you can enjoy content that's usually blocked by geolocation. So, pretty much, ExpressVPN what makes it the best? Well, ExpressVPN offers the fastest speeds. ExpressVPN invests in only premium servers, making it consistently faster than any other VPN provider. customer support. Live chat means your questions will be answered within seconds, not hours. It's easy to use. You can use it on your smartphone, your laptop, your tablet, your game console, your smart TV to protect your stuff because you're not knowing, if not having a VPN, you know what happens? Pretty much your ISP, service provider, pretty much can sell your data to advertisers, government officials, and companies. So by having a VPN, they put a stop by encrypting all your data and hiding your location. And guess what? For right now, for listeners and viewers of Talk and Pop for the Culture, you can get three months for free, a free trial of three months by clicking on expressvpn.com slash talkpop. That's expressvpn talkpop. You click on there, you get three months for free for trying out ExpressVPN. And guess what? They're the number one top-rated VPN provider, rated number one by CNET, Diverge, Wire, Tech Radar, and many more. We're also rated 9.5 out of 10 based on 3,131 reviews on Trust Fund. I enjoy ExpressVPN, and you guys should enjoy it as well. Just make sure to click on the link in the description below, which is ExpressVPN.com slash talkpop to save yourself three months for free. That's a three month, three months free trial. And you can look at the prices, it works in a plan just for you. So go ahead, enjoy ExpressVPN just as much as I enjoy ExpressVPN. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the show. What up, fanboys and fangirls and non-binaries? Welcome to a edition of Talking Pop for the Culture, a pop culture-centric podcast. I'm your host, Devon and you probably noticed that Biko's not joining me, and the music's kind of different. Um, just to let you know, Biko's taking a mental health break from the podcast. Doesn't mean he's going to leave for good, he's just taking some time off, and I wish him all the best. Hopefully he'll come back when the time that day feels it is ready. You know, mental health is something that you always want to take care of. Like I said, wish nothing but the best for Biko, and like I said, take your t- time all you need. I'll keep the show going, and we're welcome to come back. Welcome you back with open arms. So I wanted, I just want to get another serious as You probably know if you're aware, um, especially to our listeners in the UK, I did want to give my prayers and condolences to the people of the United Kingdom um, and also the royal family. As you know, we we're on Thursday. Queen Elizabeth II has passed away at age of 96. Um, she was been on the throne since she was 25, one of the longest reigns in history. Um, she was really popular, especially in, you know, in pop culture. She made a few cameo appearances in movies. Um, she met various presidents, um, and taking over at a young age of 25. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be her uncle to take over, but her uncle advocated his heir to the throne to marry an American. Sorry, my throat's a little dry. And when her father, King George, passed away, she assumed the title of king. Um, I just pull up some things about the queen itself. Um, this is by Vox, and it kind of is like a little like opinion piece about her, about how she had a fairy rating of seventy five percent, and is that the, like one of her biographers um, in her one of her biographies called Queen of Our Times? Robert Harvey quotes the Australian Labor Party leader Neville Rand, has saying, "The biggest problems we got is the queen." Everybody loves her. This is um this article I'm reading is from Box. Um, pretty much her model, <laughs> especially the unofficial model, was never complained. Never explains the unofficial model well. Family, the queen herself served as the living embodiment. As Elizabeth lived her life with ferocious discipline, pressing herself into a form of a blank slate unto whom onlookers could project practically anything she may being a little bit dull and into an art form in which she became the world's greatest practitioner. As such, she provided her monarchy with its greatest asset. Queen Elizabeth II with anyone her people wanted her to be. She sees the relevance when she's doing what her does, one quote, says here, um, the palace paper, Tina Brown's palace paper said, because she has spent her entire life in to a closed books, people project onto her whatever they want her to be, because she's not showing any emotion at all, she's not dividing the audience, she's not on one
0: side of the other, and that must be for
1: her from Tina Brown's royal Tower, the palace papers. Um, Pretty much, Elizabeth was born in April 21st, 1926.
0: I'm reading from the article. as technology was three months old. America's Great Depression was three years away.
1: Just eight years before the Russian
0: czars had been ex- executed. As Elizabeth
1: was born, a politically charged coal miner strike had royalists fearing that the
0: English Windsor would
1: be next. At the time, Elizabeth was the third in line to the throne, and likely target for anyone's revolutionary fervor. She was the eldest daughter of a second son, her uncle Edward was the heir to the throne. And unless she seems to have been with a strong sense of duty early on, along with a love for tightness and thrift, when she wept during her christening at Buckingham Palace, it would, Sarah Bradford wrote in her 1996 biography Elizabeth, be the last time Elizabeth has ever made a public scene. Our reports that one of Elizabeth's favorite nursery toys was a dustpan and brush, that she kept a special box where she would store wrapping paper and it was for use. In 1996, Edward abdicated the throne, and Elizabeth's father ascends to become King George. The sixth, Elizabeth was now abruptly heir to throne and a key diplomatic asset. According to Hardman, the shy young princess found the shift difficult. She applied her characteristic work effect to her new life. The British peer Althea fissette Howard, wrote in her diary of meeting, "Lilibet, Lilibet, Elizabeth's childhood nickname." At drinks at a drinks party in 1941, and being proud of her, Lillibet found finds making conversation very difficult. Like me, but she did very well. She wrote already Elizabeth had it upon her favorite conversational strategy. She insisted on bringing the dogs in, but since Howard's diary entry continued, because she said they were the greatest save to the conversation when it dropped. In 1952, Elizabeth's father died and the 25-year-old was sent to the throne. Reportedly, she was at first overwhelmed by their brutal grind of life as a working monarch. On tour of Australia in 1954, Harmon writes, The Queen was heard to complain weirdly, but uncharacteristically that this endless diet of mayoral platitudes was boring, boring, boring. No one ever catches the Queen saying such a thing li- later in her reign. Instead, she tended to chide those who ever suggested that any of her royal duties might be uninteresting. interest. Cameron quotes that a former Prime Secretary who remarked to the Queen that a reception for the Commonwealth Auditor Association would be quite a boring one. Uh, she shredded me, the Secretary said. The Queen said, that is, this is not boring. This is interesting and important because these are the people bringing up the standards and finding corruption in some really difficult countries. They need the support and the encouragement they get from me and this operation. In other words, she sees the relevance of
0: what she's doing in wider context.
1: I just want to read a little bit of the article about it. If you want to read more, uh, check it out at box.com. Search for Queen Elizabeth obituary. And like I said, she reigned for almost seventy years, which is which is amazing. Um, pretty much, you know, she met various presidents. She was like part pop culture, like sitcoms would make her things about her make her jokes about her um, I think it was I remember one episode of Full House that Joey was um, escorting um, Nelson's cousin to meet the queen and Nelson got him a book showing what to do to meet the queen and of course that was a good gag um, of course the queen herself made an appearance with Daniel Craig as James Bond in the little clip for the 2012 Lennon Olympics um, she made a cameo in Paddington Bear as well, and of course, Emma did a character to her as well since he was Tiny Toots Adventures when they went over to Europe. And like I said, she was charismatic, and of course, the show The Crown is about her life. Definitely check it out on Netflix. Um, to be a her life, I know right now production's off hold right now. I respect for you know her Majesty and the royal family as of right now King Charles the third, King um, Charles, Prince Charles is now King Charles the third. He's assumed the throne, while her, while well, his son William and Kate are now the Prince and Princess of Wales, and Harry and Meghan are now the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. So, like I said, um, right now there's something called like there's something that's been like, um, something that's been like on TikTok called Operation London Bridge. If you have not seen the TikToks, let me explain to you what that means.
0: So, let me go ahead.
1: Called Operation Lend and Bridges Down. That's what it's called. Um, I pulled this from the New York Times. And this is what the plan is. Um, let me read this a little bit here. What the whole thing is. Let me bring out the list here. Let me pull it out. Here we go. Let's know. It's also known as. Um, Operation Unicorn. It's pretty much the way how the like memorialized the queen, and so pretty much the whole thing is it's like a plan for mourning the queen, and also you know the coronation of Charles the Third. So basically, it starts as this: ten days of national mourning. A period of national mourning for Elizabeth began on the day of her death, will last until her funeral on September nineteenth. Pretty much all media, everything, um, basically all flags would fly a half mast. They see any UK site or media would be black and show nothing but the coverage of the Queen. Um, there'll be all um, daily members from palace in the state funerals, so pretty much only flowers and look at the palace, and pretty much there's nothing, the news coverage is all about the Queen. You know, about the coverage of the Queen's death, um, of course. The Queen's coffin will be moved for Road from Balmoral Castle to Enderberg and rest in the palace of the House. But it will be in Winchester Abbey for a little bit in Winchester Abbey. So head for the funeral. We'll be there for the public to pretty much um they pay their last respects. Charles will have his coronation ceremony as well. And pretty much that is it that I can pull up from here. Like I said, you can probably find those out on TikTok. I just want to get detailed. Like I said, my prayers and condolences go to the royal family and also to our listeners in the United Kingdom. So, like I said, we'll take a moment to
0: silence before we continue on. All right.
1: Thank you. Okay, Um. Big, the biggest news for this week. I, of course, Disney's having their 23 Expos. So they're making a lot of announcements right now. But that I'm probably going to save for next week until all the announcements have been announced. Like, the one thing that came out out of the previous weekend was All Out, AEW's big show, Um, had like 15 matches. Overall, the preview is not bad. It kind of dragged a little bit. Um, But overall, they all culminated with CM Punk, you know, Wrestling John Moxley for the AEW Championship, of course, you know, Chicago, Hoffman Estates, you know, now Arena, CM Punk wearing the, the, the white tights with the Chicago flag colors, they all pointed to CM Punk winning, and of course the match it was actually a really grueling contest, uh, I think at some point Punk got hurt in that match, I can tell because he was doing a toe face against Moxley, either he hit hard on the rail because he kept putting his arm throughout the match and I could tell you he was trying to get feeling back into it. It was it can go either way, but ultimately Punk won with a GTS. And he won one, two, three, but that not that wasn't over because his celebration was cut kind of short. That's the screen played the black and then the Joker, who was referred as the Joker in the Casino Bar Royale with the helpless um Soakley halfway in his, you know, stable, they helped secure the chip to the Joker, who was later revealed as the returning Maxwell Jacob Friedman MJF and kind of shows now with that bargaining chip, now with that chip he can cash it in, chip, cash it in any time for an AEW championship match and the way it looked that period was like stared out between Punk and MJF like something that was going to tease you know, later on. maybe something for full gear, unfortunately that's not going to be in the cards because due to the fact that CM Punk got injured which I'm going to cover a little bit here next because I want to play for you his media scrum so this is credit to this is from youtube i'm going to give credit to the person who shared this that's denise salcedo i believe she's a she covers on wrestling she's like a journalist that covers on wrestling as well so i want to give credit to her you can follow her on youtube and she um pretty much was there at the media scrum and like i said um i'm gonna go ahead and play the clip it's about 23 minutes And I want you guys to hear what kind of changed the whole aspect of AEW this past week. And we'll go over more details what happened afterwards and my opinion about the whole issue. So I just want to play before I can give you guys my opinion. So go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and play. Let's say you can't really hear it. Um, I'm sorry about that. Um, Pretty much, um, I'm gonna read the transcript from CM Punk's um, media scrum because you know how they always do media um, scrums from uh, from big events. Usually, it's like a little press conference after the event, and I can tell Punk was from Punk. So basically what he did was he pretty much shoot on everything, basically. Um, This this is what he did. Um, Pretty much um, he was talking about real journalism and stuff. He pretty much was firing shots at Hulk Cabana, Adam Page, Hangman, of course, um, the EVPs who everyone, the Young Bucks and Omega, who technically hold these positions. So, basically, he was basically telling them um, his relationship with coca and pretty much um, how they had a falling out and pretty much talked about, you know, he, he was on his podcast, talked about, you know, his drive with WWE and the doctor, who mistreated him, of course, WD decided, the doctor decided, and WD sued Punk and Cabana for defamation. I uh, pulled us from the ringer. see a lawsuit that Punk won. And then, of course, Cabana ended up suing Punk, claiming that the wrestler agreed to cover Cabana's legal fees, but reneging on the promise. Her response was that Cabana was greedy and tried certain lawsuits between the two of Ratchet Saddle, because his, um, to discover, to discover that he shared an account with his mother, where Cabana shared an account with his mother, and that there was an email saying that please call the whole thing off and eventually got settled and of course you know that eventually led to when punk came to the aew in 2021 at the time you know colt was part of you know stable and of course he stopped appearing with them and then they moved he was moved to ring honor in a more producer role and apparently there were rumors being published that punk either asked for cabana to be fired or transferred and those rumors meant that it was probably, he believed that was Adam Page, the Young Bucks in Canada, um, were the ones that pretty much started spreading those rumors, even though that Punk said that he, he stopped being friends with Cabana, he wanted nothing to do with him, doesn't care where he works, where he sleeps, where he eats, basically saying that he's not friend with him. He hasn't been friends with him since 2013, 2014. And this is what he said, and see upon quotes, my problem was, I wanted to bring a guy with me to." top that did not want to see me at the top. You can call it jealousy, you can call it envy, whatever the F it is, my relationship with Scott Colton, and then long before I paid all of his bills, I have every seat, I have every invoice, I have every email. I have the email where he says, and I quote, I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer, and you don't have to pay anymore." That's an email that I have. The only reason that the public did not see it is because when I finally had to countersue him through discovery, we discovered that he shared a bank out with his mother. That's a fact. And of course, he went after Adam Page, the Young Bucks, and Canada. Because if you remember, you watch AEW back in May when they were building up the whole double or nothing match between CM Punk and, and, and Adam Page. Hey man, Adam Page, for the AEW Championship, Adam Page made that quote, you know, made that promo saying about workers' rights and all that stuff. that he's trying to protect, you know. So I'm going to read right here from the article. And this is what Punk said as as well, and I quote, What did I ever do in this world to get a deserved, empty-headed, effing dumb... dumb, I'm just going to swear. Sorry, guys. Excuse for the language. What did I ever do in this world to get a deserved, empty-headed, fucking dumb fuck? like Heyman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself? For what? What did I ever do? I didn't do a goddamn thing. And then members of the wrestling press said the comment was about going to business for suppressor or formal during the Feud of May, where Page said, and if you remember, a quote, you talk a big game about workers' rights, but you've shown the exact opposite when you came here. It's supposed to interpret the, you know, how about Coca being blackball, which Punk had nothing to do with it. Coke Cola was moved to Ring of Honor because, you know, Tony Khan was in the process of, he just bought Ring of Honor and he needed a veteran to help out in the producer role. And Punk ended up saying, there's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. This shit was none of their business. I understand sticking up for your fucking friends. I'll fucking get it. I stuck up for that guy more than anybody. I paid his bills until I did it. It was my decision not to. When somebody who doesn't have, doesn't done a damn thing in this business, jeopardizes the first million dollar house that this company has ever drawn off of my back, and goes on national television, and does that, it's a disgrace to this industry, it's a disgrace to this company, Now we're far beyond apologies. I gave him a fucking chance. Did not get handled. And you saw what I had to do. Which is really regrettable. I learned myself to this fucking level. And that's where we're at right now. Remember when he came back from the foot injury the week after he was calling out Adam Page? He was going off script because he was supposed to attack Moxley. But he decided to call out Adam Page in Virginia and just call him a coward and stuff. I guess it's like, it's it's not Cowboy shit. It's coward shit. Even though technically Page was not part of that program. Um, then Punk's saying he also referred to and Page trying to damage those of Bayfist to draw the match. It says Punk responded to return from injury by cutting an a promo challenging Page to a when Punk didn't come out. You know, didn't come out Punk said that's not a cowboy shit. That's cow shit. Yeah, technically there were no pl- plans for Page versus Punk match and no plans to show for Page to by Punk. It said it properly embarrassed Page and made bad that Punk extended open challenge that Page couldn't answer. That Punk also verbally attacked pain omega Yellows during his Sunday comments. This is from the bringer guys. Here's another C-Punk quote. Now it's 2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late, late 2013. And it's a fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call those EPs, yet they can't couldn't fucking manage a target. And they spread lies and bullshit and put in the media that I got somebody fired where they have fucked all to do with him. I have nothing to do with him. I don't care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. Fact, that to get up there and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. So, so basically the same thing. There's rumors too about Cody Rhodes leaving WWE because, you know, now when Punk and then Night Punk was going to be the top guy over Cody Rhodes, and of course Rhodes was, if you remember, he was part of the league group that helped found AEW. So now it brings to the point where. Apparently, after the after the whole media scrum, Young Bucks and Kenny Omega were pretty much originally supposed to do their own, you know, press conference as well because they became the first AEW trios team champions. Unfortunately, they neglected to do it, and and what happened was, let me go ahead and bring up the the fallout from what happened. Like I said, I've been following this every day because I am a CM Punk fan. I understand, I can tell right now he was hurt, he was heated, and I'm going to read right now what happened. So, let me, um, pull it out here. I'm close from seats
0: oh, Here we go. Apparently,
1: what happened was there's two versions of the story. Um, this is the the Punk and Steel version. i because, of course, A. Steel was the guy who trained CM Punk and pretty much works backstage as a producer. If you saw him on screen, you know, he's the one that urge Punk to sign the co- open contract to take on John Machowski and all out. So here, right now, um, let me read you the, the Punk and Steel version. This is from Cage Seats. Seats. Article was written by Sean Ruder. Pretty much, it says here, in the Punk Steel version, the young bucks went to Punk's locker room after he finished at the presser. He didn't answer when they knocked. as He was wiped out for his match with John Moxley to interview and in an emotional scrum. So Matt and Nick Jackson pounded on the door and eventually kicked the door down. Ace Steel's wife was in the room. According to the rest of the observed, Mrs. Steel had a broken foot and was watching Punk's dog Larry, who would be the key figure in the other side's account. the Steel's wife is what sets Steel off, reportedly throwing a chair at Nick and biting King Omega. Pretty much the same that Mega was like the calm one until everything got really, you know, out of hand to the point that basically it had to be separated. And here's what the elite version says um, The Bucks went to talk to Punk, just like he told him to, because Punk did call out, say, if you want to talk, if you have a problem with me, I'm not hard to find. They didn't barge in as soon as they entered the room before anyone said the word Punk threw punches name for Matt Jackson's head. Nick tried to intervene, which is when Steel through the chair him, hitting the younger Buck in the head. Omega is also the calm one account, which said the primary be worried about Larry, who was agitated and barking, getting to punk stall, got out of the room, and tried to get still off the net. Just one ace pulled his hair and bit him, telling the events, agrees that the world wars continue as they're about to send it, but claims punk repeatedly threatened legal action during the shiny portion of the fight. So, pretty much what happens is both basically everyone that was involved in breaking up the fight, like Christopher Daniels, Brandon Color, Michael Nagazawa, Pat Buck. Ace Steel, CM Punk, The Young Books, and Omega were all suspended. Pending a third party, it was sent to investigate. They're going to do interviews, like testimonies, video testimonies to people involved in this incident, any witnesses, any neutral parties that witnessed it. And as of right now, um, there's Punk and The Young Books and Omega had vacant titles, which led to. Tony Khan appearing on TV, which rarely he does, announcing that the tiles have been vacated. At the the same time Punk is hurt, so technically he was going to have to vacate the championship anyways because he's hurt. He had to get surgery for a torn tricep, which is going to put him out from six to eight months of recovery. And, of course, they end up having a Trios Championship match. That very dynamite between the Lucha Brothers and Pac versus the best friends in Orange Cassidy. Eventually, Lucha Brothers and pack end up winning and for the ADO championship they announced a the tournament of the champions which they had a semifinal match a match on dynamite between Adam Page and Brian Danielson which Brian Danielson got over A Page and on Frank Page Alexander Garrett got over Darby Allen. So the following week it's gonna be Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho and John Moxley taking on uh, Samuel Guevara what the finals are set to take place at AEW Grand Slam... to crown a new... AEW World Champion... so... my thing... my take on this... is... honestly... I understand seeing Pump being upset... he got heated... he was in pain... he was heated... you know... and he was in front of the media... it could have been something that he planned... Eventually, when he was talking to me again, because, of course, he was out with the foot injury, and he had the opportunity to speak. My thing was, if the Young Bucks and Omega are EVPs, why they, couldn't have been responsible and try to talk to Punk when he was recovering? Try to smooth things over, de-escalate the situation, and react the way they reacted. Because you're going to attack the guy in the locker room who just had a match who closed out their show who is heated after a media scrum pretty much burned out from it trying to recover from our because obviously he was in pain of course people are not happy when they're in pain so he's trying to recover because the fact he's coming to terms that shoot I'm hurt again I'm going to have to let the title go again after I just became champion all of a sudden they come into the locker room and start throwing arguments with them if like Punk said, if to, if the Young Bucks can make a, they were more responsible at their job than being like a Boy Scout, it's kind of like what WCW was back in the day, you know boys we the boys, when wrestlers had creative control over their characters and if I was a Young Bucks in that situation, I would have just waited 48 hours, once everyone got to Buffalo then have Tony Khan mediate some kind of discussion between the Young Bucks and Omega and CM Punk to pretty much de-escalate the situation instead of barging into the locker room and confront Punk head on. Now, we're all not saying that Punk is right, but at the same time, what Punk is, choose your battles. I understand they, they were all rumors that they spread the media and you were upset the media because they were posting rumors. But at the same time, dude, we had, had problems with Matt Jackson and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Why not set a meeting with them and talk about it? You're you're forty something years old and you're fighting with kids. And the young bucks are gonna make out in their thirties, dude. They're in their thirties. Honestly, for me, I would have just, you know, waited forty hours, the corso heads down, once all their adrenaline wore off, go back to work on Wednesday, have a meeting, have a discussion, have Tony Khan be involved, because Tony Khan had to put himself on the line again because he wanted Punk to be the face of the company. He probably saw holy shit. Why is he saying this us now? This is the guy this is the guy I wanted to be the face of my company. This is the guy who I wanted when I first started AEW. But didn't couldn't get him right away. Had to wait almost two years to get him. But all of a sudden he's saying this shit in public and it's kind of making you feel bad. Now you have to be, you know, you have to like now step in and, you know, say face for the fans. And of course now we're getting MGF and John Moxley the way he's teasing it. That's great. It's like John Moxley's now become like Asking the place, AEW, he's becoming the John Cena of AEW. Him and Chris Jericho become almost like the leaders of the locker room because they actually had a meeting Wednesday. Because Chris Jericho and John Moxley weren't even scheduled to be at Dynamite. John Moxley wanted to take some time off. Of course, he got called in because of all the shit that was going down. And they had a locker room meeting with the talent, the managers, backstage personnel. It, they said it was real positive that all the young talent, you know, loved Jericho's responses, Moxie's responses, Brian Daniels to chime in a few things. Oh, positive. They all wanted to pull out the show. Now the whole feeling is... Now the whole add to the locker room is maybe people don't want Punk back. Their problem is Punk had a knee with Tony Kong, which was supposedly was constructive. As of right now, he and Steel are suspended. Christopher Dance is suspended. Michael Nogazawa is suspended. Brandon Cutler suspended. So, unfortunately, no BTE, guys. There's going to be no BTE for next week. So, unfortunately, it was, I don't know how long their suspension is going to be because pretty much the only thing I noticed when they... Did not mention them on the air. There was no mention of punk, don't mention of the Leon Bucks. don't mention Omega. Um, they were taken off the signature as you go on Facebook, if you follow the Facebook page, any promotions for upcoming events, pretty much you could tell they took them off, basically their faces off. They replaced them with MGF, Moxley, you know, Chris Jericho, Danielson, they replaced them basically. So now that Punk is out, Christian Cage is out also with a tricep as well. That's where his match with Jungle Boys was cut kind it of short. My question is this. Will CM Punk be back in AEW? Will he be welcome back? Or who knows what went on with that meeting with, with Tony Khan. They had Tuesday and of course he was also on the Zoom call on Wednesday as well. All I know is right now based on what the articles have been reading, they're doing an the investigation so they hire a third party with the legal department AEW to release the investigation. So it basically it comes down to what the findings they have um for this investigation unfortunately we won't know until pretty much when they announce it so right now punk all i can do is we're not going to pine no cc and punk pie sometime until next year because like i said torn triceps takes about six to eight eight weeks to heal up after surgery because apparently they urged them to have surgery Due to the fact that the doctor said that it could turn, it could be into atrophy. So, pretty much he had a tear caused pain label bone in the arm. It says Punk Henry has surgery this week. He's ready to see about eight month period. I'm no mentioning the surgery's outcome. So that's all they can say. Um, But yeah, it looks like everyone's being, like, the legal department is being, well, it says um, AWC legal counsel Megan Parker witnessed some of the backstage brawl after they all mount me to scrum. It says that the internal investigation will be led by AEW general counsel Chris Peck. Everyone that was involved in or witnessed to the fight is being interviewed, and it's believed that those interviewers are being recorded. So, like I said, it's all up to see what's going to happen. Um, like I said, it could be the last time we see CM Punk in the wrestling ring that could be the case. If they find out that he was more of the skater in this brawl, or the Young Bucks and Omega, we'll have to wait and see, because unfortunately they were supposed to do... They were supposed to fly to Tokyo for the game show to promote, you know, the AEW video game. So now that's something here. What's going to happen with that? I just went on shop AEW.com because I was think I was worried that, oh, I actually ordered a CM Punk shirt, you know, We Are Chicago shirt, which I did like, and I wanted to see if it, if it was still up. And apparently... When I go on the website, let's see here, arrivals. It's still up there. So technically the punk stuff is still up there. So that means he is still when I check on the roster, he's still on AEW roster, so he's still on the roster itself. So technically he is being still being shown. Same thing as the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. All we can do is wait and see what those that investigation holds i'll say just pay attention to the dirt sheets you know check any wrestling related media and like i said keeping those out there <laughs> pretty much um what they ended up pointing out that this is she hulk um yesterday well uh, the fourth episode of course for featuring our cameo Wong. again of course it follows like he's pretty much having legal issues and once wants um he follows this guy named da- Dan- Danny Blaze, who used to be a former student of the Mystic Arcs, and he's pretty much working at a Mystic Castle. Asking, he pretty much can't do shit, and ends up using one of the tools over portals, transfer people in. and of course Wong wants to stop him, so he seeks legal advice from Jennifer to try to put him like a cease and desist. In the meantime, you know, Jen is trying to get into the dating scene again, she tried going to matcher thing as herself, and apparently wasn't successful, and she ends up using her she-called persona... And then she started getting dates where she pretty much went to her every day. Of course, David Tunga makes his cameo there as well. And then she set it down to this doctor who she fell in love with and pretty much took her home. The form in Hulk form As she scared the bedroom next day. Uh, her friend calls her. Guy wakes up. He's in shock. And he does, apparently doesn't want nothing to do with her. Ends up leaving. So she, made her, he, she made her. she made She made him breakfast, and of course, um, the episode ended with pretty much um, with her being served because supposedly Titania, who got out of jail, remember her from the first episode, a little bit of the second episode, is suing her for trademark infringement on the word she Hulk. Apparently, she trademarked it and is suing pretty much Jen for the use of it. So that pretty much how the episode ended. Of course, they had a little Easter egg or a little mid credit scene of Wong and this one girl, Madison, watching The Sopranos. <laughs> it's funny as hell, but overall, it was kind of one of those interesting episodes, of course. I love that Jen is still breaking the fourth wall. I'm actually enjoying She-Hulk, so definitely check it out, She-Hulk, Attorney of Law, airing on Disney Plus on Thursdays. So I do want to give you guys an anime recommendation. For this week, I'm actually going to pull it from my list.
0: So I'm going to go ahead and log into my
1: anime list.
0: If I can.
1: Oh, wait, it's anime news network. Where's my mouth? Uh well, there's this crazy with Chrome, but. Let me show you guys what I'm watching right now. But I do. I'm watching some classic ones right now, but um, I'm actually watching my hero. I'm trying to finish Dragon Ball right now. Um, I do have something that's a plan to watch that I'm probably going to watch next after I finish Dragon Ball. So let me go ahead and pull that up. Which is actually, let's see, actually, it's this one. actually bought the Blu ray for it, but I'm actually going to read it anyways. It's a classic. Uh, it's called the Magi, um, Brilliant Park. Uh, the, source it is, let's see what the source is. see the source is. It's based on a light novel, I we go. So it's basically a Magi, Brilliant Park. The source is actually a light novel. It, it was done by Kilo Animation. Um, the theme is a the workplace kind of. It's a comedy, drama, fantasy. Um, basically, the story is Sayaka a smart and extremely mad, narcissistic high school student, believes that the beautiful but reserved Izuzu Seto has invited on the date and the amusement park, called Amagi Brilliant Park. Much as should chagrin not only is the location run down facility, supposed date is merely a recruitment tour where Seto and Princess Latifa Ferranza, the owner of the theme park, ask him to become the park's new manager. Their cause for desperation. As stipulated in a land-used contract, Amagi has in less than three months to meet a quarter of 500,000 guests or far close for good, and the land will be redeveloped by the greedy Real Estate Company. say is won over by the revelation that Amagi is no ordinary use park. Many of his employees are maple landers, mysterious, magical beings who live in the human world and are nourished by the energy created by people having fun. Trusted with the hopes and dreams of this far-off enchanted land, it must now use his many skills to bring Amagi back at his feet watch the comic book. So kind of kind of like a reverse Isekai where things in our world are actually in our in the human world versus you know you going to another world. Um, it's a comedy. I've seen it sub. I've seen the dub. It has a couple of VAs. Give it a well, give it a watch. I do recommend it. It's got that comedy vibes. Not much of an etchy esque type of moment. There's a few etchy moments here and there, but overall, it's enjoyable. The email has it right now at 7.47. It's something I'm gonna rewatch. Um, and definitely check it out. I'll say check it out, both the dub or sub. Um, definitely check it out. And other than that, um, another to look another anime to look for that's been breaking out this season. Um, that's been like making headlines. Let's see if pull it up here, I haven't seen. Oh, it's called Isekai Ojisan or Uncle from Another World, basically. That's what it's called. Or also known as Isekai Uncle, basically, or Uncle from the World. It's on Netflix. Um am right here the sources. It's based on a manga. Um, that's another one to watch for. That's the season that's on Netflix. It's called, uh, basically, After a Fatal Connor with a Truck, Takafumi, Takakoka's uncle. Yusuke, Oji-san, Shibasaki lies comfortless for 17 years. When he finally regains consciousness, Oji-san begins to ramble in a foreign tongue and reveals that he's been transported to a magical world called Grand Bahamal. Takafumi dismisses his uncle's claims as nonsense until an incantation makes a cup of water hover near. a flash of brilliance, the pair creates a YouTube channel to showcase Oji-san's magical abilities. His responsibility now falls on Takafumi's shoulders and so acquaint Oji-san with everything that has transpired during his absence gain him up the speed of the internet. New technology is surprisingly the outcome of the 90s console war, the result of which was especially distressing for a hardcore Sega fan. Well she saw his wisdom from her underworld experiences, they grow their YouTube channel and tackle online comments and trolls. The journey of this uncle-nephew duo promises to be anything but conventional. Definitely check it out. It's a uh, comedy and fantasy. Uh, that's 24 minutes. And right now it's got a preliminary score of 7.97. Oh, my God. almost like eight percent, 8 out of 10. Wow. And it's ranked number 600 right now. And speaking of anime, um, let's see what the top anime is. I know it's been changing right now. But it looks like uh, FOMA Alchemist is still holding up at a 9.13 followed by Kaguya-sama. Kaguya-sama, Ultra Romantic, also known as uh, Kaguya-sama, Love is War, Ultra Romantic, which was the third season of Kaguya-sama. Kaguya, Love is War. Then Gintama for Stein Second Titan Season 3 Part 2, Gintama again. Gintama the final, Gintama and Chosen. Hunts Hunters at number 9, Groove Baskets the finals at number 10, Ginja Inyo Desu at 11, Gintama again, number 12. Watch Ghosts in the of Lions, second season, Gintama again, Koi no Kachi, 15, Clan and Everstory, number 16, Gintama the movie, a lot of Gintama fans, I can say right now, Evergard moves at 18, Code Hikage Yaki, Luch, R two, again. Oh, Our well, Ourman got to the second season. To me, Noa was known as your names at 22. Kiseki Entertainment District Art is at 23. Monsters at 24, and Attack of Titan, the final season is at 25. Also, the pretty much the top ones right now. So definitely something to look forward to. And that's all I got for this week. Oh, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, when we come back for next week's, next Saturday's episode, I'm going to try to get back to a weekly schedule now, which is next to me myself, um, with these bite sized chunks, because it's just me talking and I can't talk for more than hours. <laughs> I try to give you as much as you use as I can, so I'll come back next week and we'll discuss all the announcements made at D23, more anime recommendations many more news on professional wrestling. Thank you so much. You can check us out on Anchor, which is our main platform. You can find us on Twitter at PopCult85. Not only we're on Anchor, but also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and more. You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com TalkPop. You can find us on there as well. Like I said, you'll get links to the episodes there as well. You check out our merch store at talkpopculture.com. .threatless.com. I also want to thank our, our additional sponsors, Poddex and ExpressVPN. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys again next time. As always, geek on and take care.